Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. Gabe, this is our last episode where we are concluding the Command of Christ Practice Secret Disciplines. It has been a really rich command in the sense of getting to know the heart of Jesus and and that these secret disciplines put us in a position of of getting to know him. And I just appreciate this command and I appreciate our time together. One of the final things we want to talk about, there's there's a few things we want to talk about here, but one of the final things we'd like to talk about is what inhibits practicing secret disciplines. So in our previous episode, we talked about kind of how some practical steps of how we do it, but now we want to talk about a little bit what would inhibit practicing secret disciplines. So obviously our our command practice secret disciplines is derived from Matthew chapter 6 and kind of the first 18 verses there where it talks about specifically, it it kind of shares with us what those secret disciplines are. Obviously Jesus didn't say the words practice secret disciplines, but he did give some disciplines that we're supposed to practice in secret, right? And um, he talks about giving, right? Giving alms, not doing it to be seen of men. He talks about... um, fasting, right, or prayer, and also fasting, right, as the different disciplines that he is desires us to walk in, not just for the sake of, oh, I'm doing all these disciplines, it's not like a checklist type thing, but rather it's for the purpose of cultivating intimacy Mm -hmm. with him, and closeting ourselves away from the world in prayer, right, and giving only as unto him, and not as unto getting the praise of men for that, and these different things, but I think as you suggested, there are things that can inhibit us and hold us back from practicing these disciplines. And honestly, I would say one of the biggest, especially for the middle one, the one on prayer, um, where Jesus said in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. I think one of the things that can really inhibit us from this is just the busyness of daily life, mm-hmm. where we get so busy and so caught up in just going 80 or 90 miles an hour in the fast lane ride of life, and we don't take the time to turn aside to close the door and to seek the Lord. But when we do that, we miss out on so much of just the joy and the intimacy and the fellowship that God wants to have with us. Which Gabe, that actually places the value on life because we get that perspective from our Heavenly Father of what life is about as we nurture that time with the Lord. That's right, because because here's the thing, and that kind of goes into our next thing that inhibits us from practicing secret disciplines, is if we have a temporal value system, mm-hmm. then we aren't going to practice secret disciplines. In yes. other words, we miss out on what's really important in life. Mm-hmm. Somebody said mm-hmm. our greatest fear should not be failure, but in succeeding in things that don't really matter. Wow. And I think we can spend so much of our life even in the pursuit of that which doesn't really matter. But when we practice secret disciplines, when we say no to ourselves in fasting, when we pursue the Lord in prayer, even when we're giving, here's what happens, Nate. I think is it lifts our eyes off of the temporal yes. and puts it onto the eternal. That's exactly right. And it, And then also, if I have a temporal value system in doing those things— I'm going to want recognition. If I have a temporal value and I'm looking for the praise of men, then I'm going to be like, wow, if I'm going to do this prayer, I hope somebody knows about it. You know, I'm going to give. I hope people at least, you know, see it. Um, That's very temporal, right? Now, we don't usually say it that bluntly, but sometimes that can be in our heart a little bit. We have to love the Lord to deal with that of 
if I have a temporal value system, because scripture says if we do it before men, we have our reward, mm-hmm. right? And so, but if we do it before God, then our reward is with him. That's right. And so if our temporal value system, we just look for the temporary reward of people, you know, saying, oh, patting us on the back, if you will. But if we have an eternal focus, scripture says, set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth, right? If you're dead and your life is hid with Christ and God, if we set our affections and we set our focus on the eternal, then we will not be concerned what man thinks, we'll be concerned what God thinks. But I think to gain that eternal focus, part of it comes in closeting ourselves away, seeking the face of the Lord, quieting our hearts before him, and allowing him to share his heart with us. And I think that's really so much of the purpose of these secret disciplines. That's beautiful. Let's talk about some examples in scripture that we have of different ones that did practice secret disciplines. And obviously, the top most one um, would be Christ. And and we're going to get to that here in a minute. But let's let's just run through a list of them I have here. Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. This was a Roman. I believe he was a centurion. He was in leadership in the Roman Empire. He was actually one that practiced fasting. The Lord actually connected him and Peter together, and it was through Peter that Cornelius, and I believe it was his family, came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Cornelius was faithful in practicing these secret disciplines. And I would encourage our listeners, look up Acts chapter 10. It's an amazing story. And that was actually a critical turning point where um, the Jews and the Gentiles were made one, understanding that Christ died for all and, and was Lord to all. And so that is a wonderful story. We also have Esther and Mordecai. That's a really historic, um, very commonly well-known story of where Esther and Mordecai they fasted in a, at a critical time where their whole race, the Jewish race, was at stake of, of being killed. But yet, because Esther and Mordecai, Queen Esther and Mordecai fasted, God honored that and spared basically a whole nation. We have Paul and Barnabas. They were chosen, and that's in Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3. They were chosen specifically for ministry through the process of prayer and fasting. And I love this one story, Gabe, and I, I don't know what it is about this story, that, but it's just so amazing. It's the story of Nineveh. If you remember, Jonah was sent to Nineveh to warn them of the destruction that God was going to bring on the nation because they were basically, uh, they were not fearing God. They were walking in the ways of the world and in the ways of wickedness. But what did they do? After Jonah, the prophet, warned them of the pending judgment of God, the king made a decree. Everyone went to fasting. And in fact, I think it was even down to the point where the king said not even the animals or the people would drink water for I think it was a period of three days. And he said specifically, and let's see, and this is paraphrasing, and let's see if God will turn his wrath from us. And lo and behold, God did. God heard, and that whole city was spared. And so these are some examples in Scripture, and I just briefly went over them, but I would encourage our listeners to go deeper and to search these out. But finally, last but not least, we have the 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 best example, the fullest example, the most perfect example is in the person of Jesus Christ. And we see that clearly in a couple different passages in Scripture. Um, where 
he, he talks about it's not my time yet, or Jesus would heal someone, or he would he would make the blind to see, and he would specifically tell them, don't tell anyone that I did this. And it was specifically for bringing recognition to his father. Jesus did, I believe Jesus did everything that he did. He did it primarily for his father. It was for the purpose of the recognition and the glory of his father. And that's how we're to live as believers. And just to see the example that Jesus gave of where he was doing everything, as you said, to the recognition of his father. And just scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? And just that we would have this mindset of humility. And I do think humility is so key in this. Like it's been in so many of the commands mm-hmm. that we look at. It's everyone, really. Right, it the is. The humility is at the core. It is. Because honestly, Nate, the thing that makes me want to be recognized for giving or for fasting or for praying is my pride. It is. And I want people to recognize, you know, godliness or recognize, mm-hmm. you know, me as big mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And it's like, that's just my pride. Yeah, and Gabe, it's not just, I think... It it is pride, and that is a big part, but it's also an insecurity of not knowing who I, just my position, who who am I important to? Like, if we really understand that our Father does desire to reward us, then we should be seeking His recognition. That's right. It puts the gaze of our heart on Him instead yes. of on ourselves. And, and I think that's another important point of when we talk about practicing secret disciplines, that realize that we're practicing, if I could put it this way, under the lordship and leadership of Christ. Yes. And what I mean by that is he gets to be the one, if I could use this phrase, that calls the shots or or um, in how we, in practicing them. And here's what I mean by Carrying this. Carrying them out. Let, let me give you an example. Fasting, okay? So God obviously has a desire that we'd fast at different times, right? But it's really interesting to me in Isaiah 58, which you referenced in our last episode, which is so much powerful truth about fasting. And I, and, and I encourage our listeners to check that passage out and read the rest of it. But I just want to highlight one verse in Isaiah 58, 6. It says, is not this the fast I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? But isn't it interesting? And obviously there's some of already right there, the rewards of fasting. But he says, is not this the fast that I have proclaimed, hmm. says the Lord. And just to see how, even if it comes to a discipline like fasting, that the Lord is Lord over that. So it's the fast that he has proclaimed. So right. it's not a thing of being introspective and, oh, am I supposed to fast now or fast later? Or, when, when am I supposed to fast? When am I supposed to fast? Take that to the Lord. Yes. And say, Lord, when do you want me to fast? Exactly. It's the fast he's proclaimed. Yep. He needs to be the Lord of it. It's not something you do out of guilt or out of compulsion. It's like you do it out of willingness. Mm-hmm. Giving in many ways is the same way. You know, in Corinthians, in First Corinthians, it says that everyone, that God loves a cheerful giver. He says it's not giving out of grudging or necessity, but as God, perp- you know, basically leads, that he gives cheerfully. And so just to see whether it's giving, whether it's praying, whether it's fasting, that we do it in connection with the relationship and leadership of our Father. Amen. And that's that's who we're seeking to please. Right. Amen. Exactly. That's right. That's, that's right. It. And then in conjunction with fasting, Gabe, just this area and aspect of prayer, I think we've, we've talked about prayer and the importance of prayer, but there's a couple little quotes here that Jesus says that I want to touch on real quickly. He talks about vain repetition, in praying and part of about not using vain exactly repetitions. not using vain repetitions and part of the significance I think of that is is what we're talking about is having that relationship with our Father. It's kind of like vain repetitions would be basically reciting something just for the purpose of reciting it. 
you know, just because we think it's the right thing to do. Like, in fact, and I'm going to use this as an example, I think the Lord's Prayer, even though that is a very powerful prayer and that Jesus t- told us to pray this way, I think it's so easy just to, I, I know I, I've been guilty of this, of just repeating the Lord's Prayer, almost like a, just a rep- repetitious mm. thing and not really understanding what I'm praying, what I'm saying, and that I'm, t- I'm talking to a person it's not just about just repeating something. I am literally talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he wants to hear what I'm saying. And so when we do pray, realizing God hears us, that is a that we have a personal connection with God through Jesus Christ, through his life, through his shed blood. Another little phrase that Jesus used is he talks about the Pharisees, it, um, through their much speaking, the little phrase much speaking. And I I think one of the important elements to prayer that I know that um, really has, I haven't fully got it yet, but I feel like it's it's opening prayer to me on a whole new level is, is the element of listening in prayer. Um, it's hard when I'm doing a lot of speaking to be listening. And I think when I listen and I hear the heart of God and then I pray, that's when it becomes effective because I'm not praying what I think or what I want in the situation. I'm actually praying the will of God in the situation. And then lastly, on this area of prayer, Jesus says, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of, right? Before he ask. And Shouldn't that change our prayer life? Just that simple little truth. Your father knows the things that you have need of. That in and of itself should radically change. Because if my father already knows, it's not an issue of so much pleading that God would do something or that God would hear my prayer or that God would know my need. It's actually, God, you know this need. Now, how do you want to fulfill it? It's joining God in prayer. I think what you're saying is so good is just the the connection between even because you're talking about after the Lord talks about, but thou and thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, are worthy openly. And then it goes on and says, but when thou prayest, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they should be heard for their much speaking, right? right? And it goes on and says, basically, why should you not do that? Because your Father knows what you have needed right. before you That's ask right. him. And so just the aspect of like, you get the idea with the vain repetitions of being very religious in our prayer, of almost like it's a ritual. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it, it, it where it's just a, a repetition thing, think, oh, I'll be heard if I do it just right, where it becomes a religious thing, where it's actually, no, prayer, fasting, um, giving, it's not about just doing a religious ritual. It is about cultivating that relationship with God. It's about listening. And when we understand the heart of our Father, that He knows what we have needed before we ask Him. I, I was just um, not that long ago spending some time with the Lord, and I was out for a walk outside. And this might sound crazy, but I looked down on the ground, and there was a dead bird. A bird Somehow the bird had died. I don't even know how. And you know what I thought? I thought, wow, you know what the scripture says? That not a sparrow doesn't fall That's exactly without right. him knowing it. How much more does he care for us? Mm-hmm. And that that's impactful. The God of the universe sees when a sparrow falls. He knows the number of hairs on my head. It's like, whoa, that really impacts the way we meet him in the prayer closet mm-hmm. and realizing that he cares for us in that way. Oh, Nate, I think it's the love of our Heavenly Father that compels us to these secret disciplines. It is, it is. And if it's not, they just become tyrannical laws to abide by that 
really only produce bondage. But when we see that it's our loving Heavenly Father that's calling us to a personal relationship with Him through these, through practicing these secret disciplines, and that's really what we're seeking. We're not seeking to, to, uh, you know, check these things off for our righteousness or to be better Christians, if you will. We're seeking a person, and that person is our Heavenly Father, and we seek Him by seeking the life of His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we realize that, God will not only draw us closer to himself as we practice these disciplines, but we'll understand the importance of these disciplines. So in conclusion with this episode, Gabe, there's one last thing I want to talk about and and just briefly, and that is what are the rewards of practicing secret disciplines? Over and over, Jesus says, basically, you do these things, you, you give, you pray, and you fast in secret that your father and your father will reward you openly. So what is that reward? And I think simply that a lot of that reward is that a father is most glorified when he can be recognized in his son. And what I mean by that is as we practice these secret disciplines, we draw close to the Lord. God is able to reveal more of himself to us. And as he does, he is able to minister and reach in to the lives of others. He's able to showcase his power, his ability through us. And I think that is probably one of the greatest rewards is not at the end of the day that I achieved a whole bunch or I got a whole bunch to myself because I did all these good things. But at the end of the day, my heavenly father that gave all that he had, he gave his only begotten son for me. I was able by his grace, by his power, by his life, basically to point others to him. What more, what, I don't, I can't think of any greater reward than that, that we could get from our heavenly father. Amen. Scripture says in in 1 John, um, and it says, a father basically has no greater joy than to hear that his children walk in truth. Um, But how much more is that the heart of our Heavenly Father? And the the joy our Heavenly Father experiences when we as his children walk in truth. And in his joy, we find joy. And what a sweet reward. That's right. And for our listeners, are you walking in the truth? Do you have this connection with God? Are you practicing these secret disciplines? These are just a few. Um, I think there are others that can be practiced, but the heart is, again, behind these disciplines, as we've been saying over the last four episodes, is to draw close to the heart of the Lord. And that's our desire. So we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. We sincerely look forward to you guys joining us on our next episode. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ, brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.